Welcome in the house of fun. Welcome in the house of fun. Okay, because I'm going to send you just a couple of things. Because when whenever we do a breakdown, oops, whenever we do a breakdown of the video, dude, I can't wait to tell you about doing that set. Um, all right, fuck it. Let's, I, yeah. I guess we should get started. I guess we should we should yeah, launch in ourselves it. into this. Um, welcome to episode 56 of Don't Shoot the Gingers. Uh, I, I am John Giles, your consummate co-host, and you are. I'll let you I'm introduce Greg yourself. Larson, and I am your also your consummate co-host. What does consummate mean? Not sure, but it does sound like it would follow like it would be followed by co-host, consummate yeah. host, consummate co-host, consummate. Don't do consummate. You consummate a marriage. Yeah, that's what. But maybe so. Maybe we've had sex with each other. Yeah. So consummate a marriage, it, it's operating as a verb, and consummate professional, it's operating as an adjective. But I don't. It's like seems like such a strange connection. It's the same. It's got to be the same word. Uh, Nothing I, can kill a podcast like breaking down grammar. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, let's see. So a consummate host. Oh man, this is this is Merriam-Webster.com. Extremely okay. skilled or accomplished. Okay, I think. So, not so there maybe yet. you consummate a marriage by being accomplished at sex? Well, see, there's got to be a verb uh, definition for it, like a different verb. There is. So consummate as an adjective is to be extremely skilled. Consummate as a verb is to make a marital union complete by sexual or intercourse. The, that seems so specific. Like it should be, <laughs> it should apply to different things. And then marriage consummation should just be one of the things it applies to, not just only that. It's a very specific definition. <laughs> Such a narrow word. Number two is also to make perfect. But that is number two. The number one definition is to make a marital union complete by sexual intercourse. The secondary definition is to make perfect. It should be the other way around, obviously. Sure. Yeah. His desire of consummating victory and revenge made him cautious. Yeah, that just sounds a little bit, um, you know, like he's playing out a sexual fantasy now. Yeah. Which is fine. So in episode 56, Greg, my consummate host, my perfect marital sex host, I was hoping we could have a draft, and we've talked about this ahead of time, and I'll, I'll get into the draft later, but to kind of tease it out a little bit, what are your favorite niche things about sports? It's going to be what we're talking about later today, but before we get into it, I want to follow up with what we talked about last week. Of course. If you hadn't if you hadn't watched the episode yet for episode fifty five, you have to go back and watch that. Listen to that. Greg was going to get an OnlyFans, and I think it happened. Quite frankly, I wasn't even. I, I didn't even. It was just like a a sort of like masturbatory fantasy or like a half daydream. I barely even. I was like seventy three percent serious. Um, and what happened was what had happened was. A friend of mine told me that it's like an actual thing that you can do to make money and that you barely even have to jerk off on camera that much. When I looked at it, like, okay, so how do I put this? OnlyFans right now, I think, is for mostly porn porn stars. Like, let's get that sure. out of the way. Yeah. I honestly... Or aspiring, after aspiring porn stars. Aspiring porn stars. Like, people who... Maybe they don't even want to do porn stars. Like, they just, they don't even want to be porn stars. They just want to, like, hang out in their house and get paid for jerking off. Like, that's... for masturbating, whatever you do. Is sure. it still jerking off if you're a woman? Enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah. Enjoying yourself uh, for, like, four ninety nine a month. I think it's going to be something different. It's going to evolve into something different. Now, I did... I was just poking around and, like, every... I was like, oh, let me just put my email in there and let me just put in a password and let me just click this verification link. And before I knew it, like I had a genuinely like checkmark verified account. I think it's like such a new platform that they verify anybody who like connects their email and their Twitter. But I'm telling you, dude, like in the future. So my username is Greg Larson comedy and sex, all one word. <laughs> Because I want to leave my yeah, that, that separates yeah that separates yourself from the Greg Larson comedy of the world you know <laughs> someone else some other schmuck can get on there and just be Greg Larson comedy but you are the very key demographic of Greg Larson comedy and sex if you're looking and for some, both here I am oh of course some some deviant could just be Greg Larson sex 
<laughs> so, I do want to say there's a Reddit uh, from six months ago. Um, Hi, I've tried to verify my OnlyFans account several times, but I keep getting rejected because my application is complete. Da 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 da. And then the whole paragraph. But people are having a problem getting verified, at least really? as of six months ago. <laughs> and you are here telling me today you are a verified OnlyFans account. Yeah. That see when I when I texted you earlier and I told you that I was verified, I was just kind of you had you were really excited and surprised, and I was expecting to get on the podcast and be like, yeah, anybody can get verified. And now I'm learning that that's not the case. It's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, I, well, maybe maybe the fact that you're a male makes it easier to get verified. There's not as many males on there the platform. There are no dudes on there. I was hunting for dudes for inspiration. You know what I mean? Dude, I've but, been hunting for dudes for inspiration for a minute. <laughs> that's how we met <laughs> um yeah there aren't it was the easy number would say like nine out of ten were women but if i were being like more accurate it'd probably be like 19 out of 20 were women oh wow okay so, so yeah so maybe they are just letting you be verified to kind of fill that niche role like we need men on the platform to balance things out i mean that makes sense. Or, I hadn't even. Or they of just that. like your niche. They like what they like what you're doing. They like the comedy sex, dude. It's, okay, so here's what I think. Jerking off. I really don't know if I have. I'm gonna just put keep kicking that down the road. For now, the only you don't think he's got the dick for it. I don't think. That's an interesting thing. Like maybe it is like penis insecurity, but I'm I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with my penis. I think it's just like jerking off on the internet is like a whole different thing. Okay. No, that's fair. That's like, like you, a BC. There's, there's a chance a future employer might see that. Well, I'm never going to be employed. Like, let's get that out of the way. I'm never going to be employed for the rest of my life. Like, that's. There's a chance happen. a future. What what do they what do they call the the friends that gather around a garbage can on fire? Hobos. There's a that circle of hobos. There's a chance one of those hobos might see it. <laughs> I operate in some space between unemployed and hobo, and I'm okay. I'm comfortable not masturbating on camera in that space yet. Okay. But what I realized, like all hobo talk aside, like this OnlyFans could be an avenue for one, people to make requests for the podcast. Sure. Two, think about this, commissioned open mic jokes where somebody tells me I'm totally open to say whatever on stage. Somebody makes a request for me to say the most vulgar craziest thing that they would love to hear on stage, but have never had the opportunity to say, or have never heard sure. anyone say they can make a request on the only fans and I will say it on stage. Anything pretty much short of an end bomb. I'll say, well, I've done that multiple times to you already. I've, I've in the past asked you to do things on stage and each time you've kind of been like, eh, that's not going to fly well. Um, but last uh, Thursday was one of those times. Wait, did you do did you okay? So last week I asked you to uh, go on stage and perform as if you had a really good set, and you just kept telling people how good your set was for the X amount of minutes you were on stage. Did you do that? Yes, <laughs> but I need to make I need to preface this. Okay? okay, you asked me to do it, and in my head, like I'm no expert comedian at all, but I know roughly. I was going to eat, I was going to eat my dick if I only did it that way. Like there's just, okay. I don't need to, I don't need to, to find out. So I was like, I just need to write some punchlines. So okay. here's the way I framed it. That was, I was like, I went on stage and I said, here's how great my jokes are. Um, I'm not even going to tell you my jokes. I'm just going to tell you about my jokes. <laughs> okay. So that's what I did for give, give uh, them a rough idea of the of the template of the joke, and then give them a punchline. Well, you'll see. I'm about to. Send oh, do you, you have the video? Oh, I have the video, and I'm about to send you the link. And when you get it pulled up, okay. Are you sending it Slack? I'm going to send it to you on Slack. Now, mind you, uh, if you're subscribed to the OnlyFans, that's another venue where I will be posting. The only place online I'll be posting actual videos of open mic sets. Oh, so if, got you it right here. To the, ah. if you subscribe to Greg Larson Comedy and Sex on OnlyFans, that's a benefit. The title of the video is Greg doing John's joke idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Oh wow, it is very loud in my ear. In my ear. Okay. Um. So how are we gonna do this? Are we just gonna play this for the listeners? So I'll listen to it and then fill this time for the listeners watching at home, watch playing yeah, the video. I'll, for, okay. I'll do it in. I'll do it in post video. Um, okay, you're gonna try to do this in real time, so my reaction will be. Yeah, of course. But don't okay. don't play it. You're in control of the video, so you stop whenever you you think of something. Obviously, but I need to okay. preface just the set a little bit more. Okay. 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 I am just one the, second in so far. So. <laughs> so just the night. Just let me. Texas is a lawless. A lawless wild west compared to the rest of the world in the country right now. Like Sixth Street is our down uh, downtown like party district. There are like college kids out there partying, no masks, people bumping and grinding. Yeah. There's some people in masks, and this bar, this uh, music venue, is actually hosting a live open mic. And it's just a weird vibe, dude. Like there's nothing else to do. Uh, there was a lot of combative heckling between the comedians there's a lot of talking in the audience it's just a weird covid type vibe and i went up at like 1 a.m on thursday night there's nobody left except for two people in the front row and then a i bunch see of it i see two people and then empty chairs yes that's all it was and then a bunch of comics talking in the back so that's were they talking during your set though they're talking during everybody's set and people would be like you know some comics would be like yo the, you you are comics. How are you talking right now? And then yeah. be quiet for That's a little bullshit. bit and then talk again. It happens. I, I so. feel like I, I'm not a I'm not a professional comedian. I don't I don't uh, moonlight as such. But I'd be fucking pissed if I had like a routine. Now this particular routine, maybe not so much, because you need as much like ambiance as possible to make this work. Um, yes. So I dove but, right in. I I didn't even give a lot of preamble. I was like, okay, I'm gonna die up here. I need to just dive in. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it then. I'm gonna start playing. Yep. I'm right here. Weird vibe tonight, huh, guys? <laughs> you know, okay, me. I'm five <laughs> seconds in. Weird vibe tonight, huh, guys? And then it's just silence. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing. Even for Austin. Okay, this is only everyone else here is just comics. This is only for you two. This is only for you two. Jesus and Kevin. <laughs> These are two females in the front row, correct? No, two dudes. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I can't tell for the video. So I thought it was two girls in the front row, and then you said Jesus and Kevin, and I thought you were just totally bullshitting their names. Like they said Mariah <laughs> and Karen, and you said Jesus and Kevin. <laughs> All right, continuing on. You guys want to hear COVID jokes? I've been writing a lot of COVID jokes. It, it, kinda, it, it seems like you need a little bit of convincing, so I'm just going to tell you about my COVID jokes, and then you can make an informed decision, okay? I dig it. I dig the, the intro, the These start. These are my notes about my COVID jokes. My COVID jokes are so surefire, guaranteed effective, only an anti-vaxxer would refuse to get them. <laughs> it my got, COVID jokes are so on the nose. It got quieter. You can see them on an anti-vaxxer's face. Just wait until you get my COVID jokes. If I tell you my COVID jokes, they'll serve up so many laughs. They should be put out of business and turn into a homeless encampment. So, like a restaurant? It's so silent. I'll get you. My COVID jokes are so stimulating. Yeah, so stimulating. Congress debates about them for months on end. So st- <laughs> They're already giving you the time. They're already cutting you. I'm just getting ready for this. Speaking of recess, Congress, my COVID jokes are so popular with children, I should get them framed and hang them in the prison cell. At this moment, I've paused the video at a minute and 45. And the, uh, I believe Kevin in the front row is furiously moving his straw up and down. Just like this needs to stop immediately. <laughs> there was, was there was no Kevin fun. was like was, Kevin was liking it. That was Jesus was a hard get. Okay, so whoever it is, just furiously, just mm, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Someone just finished their drink. Someone just said, "I've had enough." My COVID jokes are so sure to kill. They could be a bully white kid in a pre-pandemic high school. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Hey, 
I got you on that one. I got you crushing the The school shooting joke, two weeks in a row. Always. Hold on, don't go anywhere, dudes. Always you know the school shooting joke. Certified fresh lady for good movies. My COVID jokes are so certified fresh, Trump wants to challenge them in the Supreme Court. Okay. Not that one. If these were the jokes, I would jump off a bridge right now. Like, <laughs> you ready for them. Like, these aren't the jokes, these are. So senseless, you'll think you're a police officer's wife. Hey, you got good reaction out of that one. That's pretty good. They're not all going to be winners. Okay, they're actually enjoying themselves now. Yeah, man, it took a little bit of warm-up. Some of my COVID jokes feature appetite so little you can find them standing in line in the food bank. Oh shit. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Some of my COVID jokes bomb so hard, we should use them in one of those wars we forgot we're in. You got one guy in the back who's, who's digging it. Some of my COVID jokes are so dark the police want to shoot them for no reason. Jesus, <laughs> catch on that one. Are you sweating right now just reliving this? Yes. Nice. Now, you, hold on. Hold on. You sprinted through that last one, and that last one was pure. That was a very good joke. My I COVID like jokes are so tasteless that it could be a COVID symptom. Now, and then you cut it, and then you went to the next one. And that is a memorable one. That's one that I'm going to take home with me. Hell yeah, man. I, I, love, dro I love just dropping a punchline and then just leaving. That's that's I like that comedic timing. I'm I'm replaying now. Kevin, you're gonna get my phone number and you're not careful. Now, now that you guys have heard about my COVID jokes, do you wanna hear my COVID jokes? Ah oh, shit, that's my time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey Zeus and Kevin specifically. <laughs> Dude, alright. So, notes on that. I wanna yes, I wanna give you notes on that. Okay. I I think you you, you strayed from the original idea. But it it kept you alive because by by hammering it like a five second joke after a five second joke after a five second joke, it kept it. Uh, I guess it kept the people in the back a little bit more uh, occupied in your set because you got a bunch of like oh oh ah, out of them while Kevin and Jesus were just furiously masturbating their straw, <laughs> which to each his own on that one. I think. Uh, I think it was good. I think you sell yourself short. You said you didn't enjoy it. You, you had a you were sweating yourself through it. But I would have I would have giggled at that, man. That was a good set. Oh yeah, I was happy with it. But no matter how, I could have the best set of my life and walk rewatching it and reliving it would still make me just sweat. Oh okay, all right. So you just uh, self conscious about your jokes? Uh, yeah, I mean self conscious anything, uh, particularly. Well, I guess you're I self conscious did. about your penis as well, so. I'm. I would say I'm self-conscious about pretty much everything. But okay. yeah, man, that that experience, like if I had, I barely survived, and I wrote like 15 punchlines, just like boom, 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 boom. Uh, I, I never thought it would evolve to that. I I always in my mind I always envisioned it as like you guys are gonna love these jokes. Like let me tell you how funny these jokes are. They are going to knock your socks off. They're going to be incredible. You're going you're gonna to tell these jokes to your grandkids. And I, I envisioned it just doing that route for three minutes. But you, admittedly, you would have to write that same line over and over and over again several different ways. And that could get boring. While what you did kept it fresh. The thing, like, your idea was like this idea, this launching point. One of the hard things about stand-up is you could talk about anything and that's yeah. really difficult, but you were just like, you gave me like this confined space to work in that made it a lot more fun and sure. like easier. <laughs> I almost want to make, I almost want you to give me a challenge every week because you made writing <laughs> so much easier. Well, that's what the, that's what our fans will do. That's what I know right now. How many people are watching your Instagram feed right now? Uh, zero right now, but we've had four total join at any point. Okay. So those four are going to be the ones who have to uh, send in requests. Um, yeah. We had nine last week. What happened? What? Why are we getting less viewers this week than we had last week? Well, that was nine over the course of a full hour. We oh, still have. Okay. We're on pace so it's not to like nine. 
we've not disinterested them. They just haven't shown up yet. Yeah. Plus, they can only okay. see me. They can't hear your half of it, which That's makes true. it hard. We'll get. I'll get it figured yeah. out. I don't know how we're gonna do an Instagram. Uh, can you do a live Zoom over Instagram without having to use like a second camera? Uh. Like videotaping your phone seems. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, that's exactly what we could do. You live stream on Instagram at the same time through Puma at Puma Revived, and oh, we can stitch them in. Yeah, like I start a stream and then you request to join it, and then we're streamed together. That's what we should do next time. That's brilliant. That's absolutely what we should do. Because how many followers do I have um, that will help that will lend to this? I believe on Instagram I have three followers. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, oh God, I didn't mean to click into this. Okay. Uh, this is, this is content right here. I have, oh, I have 14 followers. I'm following three people. That's what it is. I'm following three people. Hold on. That's a fucking great ratio right there. That's like almost <laughs> five to one. I've never once posted. I that's have zero posts. more impressive. <laughs> Put that on your SEO resume. John Giles, five to one follower to follow ratio, having posted nothing. Imagine what he could have <laughs> if he actually posted. <laughs> my first vote, my very first post, I lose followers. Like, oh, this isn't what we signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want him to actually post anything. We just like the idea of following him. We don't want to fucking see him. <laughs> This week, I actually made a profile picture uh, for myself. And this is the first time I've ever had a profile picture on Instagram. Well, I so saw I you to... comment uh, yeah. on something I posted and then one of our mutual friends commented and then you responded. It was like seeing Bigfoot. I didn't. I never expected you to show up. That there. was my very first Instagram activity I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Who are you following? Miley Cyrus and who else? Uh, let's see. I think I'm following my mom. Uh, no, on Instagram, I am following, uh, you specifically <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm following my wife and I'm following <laughs> Bert Burns Gregory. There's a shout out to Burns Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know why that just is like the perfect third right there. <laughs> Burns my, my wife is a, she has a photography Instagram. She likes to put up a lot of her photos. So wow. it's a nice, uh, nice relaxing view and then i go to yours and it's the opposite of relaxing so it's, it's a nice balance it's a symbiotic balance that i have <laughs> yeah dude burns gregory you gotta tell i want to hear the story of the last time you me and burns hung out in rock hill together oh god when was that there was an nfl draft going on if that oh okay 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 so <clears throat> It was uh, myself, you, Burns, and I think a couple other local Rockillians. And we were, it wasn't the draft that was going on, it was the draft combine. We were watching ah, right. the draft combine. And uh, this was when Rich Eisen uh, did a foot race in the studio to, pr- to see how fast he was going. And he was like a 5'4 or something like that. Full suit. And loafers. then there was a, full suit loafers, yeah. And then there was an offensive lineman who ran like a, a 5'2. Uh, and then an actual skill position player, possibly like a fullback, but still a school, skill position player, ran like a 5-0, five flat. And Burns said out loud with his dumb mouth, I can run faster than a five flat 40. And we all... <laughs> oh, oh, all right, let's do this. Let's go. All right. So we went outside. We went on the sidewalk and we measured off 40 yards and we taped it off. We got a stopwatch. I think we used our phones, like everyone's phone to do a stopwatch so we could get like mm. three times to get the average. <clears throat> and Burns, like Rich Eisen, ran a 40-yard dash in loafers. Uh, in loafers. And we got, in we got lo- like the neighbors out there and everything. Like all these people we used to know in college. We we're borrowing yeah. tape measures from them. We brought the fucking na- – there's like half a dozen people out there watching. And I, I don't think Burns hit it. I think he was like a 5'2 or a 5'3. Uh which in itself is a, probably a respectable thing for a non-professional athlete. But because of his subtext of I can run a sub 5040, we gave him <laughs> shit forever. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll probably see him soon and I'll give him shit for it the moment I see him. Ask him ask him what he thinks he got because I think you're right. It was like it, it was like he broke 6 was was uh, about as far as he got. 
I, I do I do think it was lower. I want to say it was probably like five two or five three. But even then, that's like me trying to be generous. Where I don't I don't know if any of our friends at the age that we were at the time with the drinking that we were doing could any of us could run a five two or five three. No, and Burns was wearing penny loafers, and he had a cart like a Mister Rogers cardigan zipped halfway <laughs> yes, down. He did. He had just like shoes flying off as he was running and his like dress socks were flapping on his toes. Wait, didn't he break his shoe that day? I think the heel of yes, his sir. shoe broke off that day. He li- yeah, mid-run. One of his shoes fl- flew off. <laughs> mid-run. That's commitment, man. That is commitment. You don't see Jadavion Clowney running a 40-yard dash and his shoes fall off. Only Burns Gregory will do that. That is pure commitment. That's true. Um, or lack of equipment. Either know, pure commitment or lack of equipment. One of the two. Yeah, I think that that's like one of those little anecdotes where it, it perfectly encapsulates who a person is. Like, we don't need to explain any more about who Burns Gregory is. Like, nope. that's just, that's him right there. That is. I believe everyone listening now knows everything about Burns Gregory. Speaking speaking of combines and drafts, John. Oh, yeah. We talked about sports earlier. I wanted to, a thought came through my head last week about, um, what my favorite things in sports were. And it was something simple at the time. It was like, I saw like a a preview, a highlight of a home run. And I was like, man, I like a good home run, but I wanted to get more esoteric. I wanted to get more specific about it. Like what in particular did I like about the home run? So I made a list of a couple things that I like about sports and there, and some of them are more specific than others, but I asked you to do the same and I want to hold a sort of a draft. So uh, do you have a coin nearby so we can do a coin flip to see who gets first yep. pick? Uh, let me just flip. Uh, let me flip an index card. We'll do. We'll do lines or no lines. <laughs> okay. All right. This is this is crucial. <clears throat> Wait. Hold on. What do you want? Your your first pick. You get first pick if it's lines or if it's no lines. I'll I'll flip and uh, you call it in the air and you get to choose. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Lines. 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 It was lines. lines. Ah, first Honor pick. system, it was lines. <laughs> you can, John, that. can't you tell it's lines? Okay. <laughs> um, so with my first pick, I my favorite things in sports, I want to go with inappropriate trash talking that goes way over the line. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I at, at my years of Winthrop, I spent a lot of times on the first couple rows of the basketball court um, in the student section, and I would do very specific trash talkings. There was one uh, UNC Asheville had a senior who had had a particularly good season, and in this game, this is the last game of the conference tournament, uh, so uh, conference championship game, and uh, he was having a very bad game. And at the end of the game, I started hollering at him that his career is over. He's done. He's never going to play basketball again. All of the time that you've ever spent playing ball and learning and loving the game, it's done. You're through. You're never going to play another minute of organized ball again. It's rec league for the rest of your life. And the, the, the sheer like shock and horror of the student section around me looking at me like, you're a monster. <laughs> I can hear your voice saying that too. Like I can, I can hear your voice just committing to that in the moment. Because I've heard sure. similar heckles. I don't. I wasn't there for that game, but I have heard you have similar heckles, and I can also see the look around on people's faces around you and see your response of just like, "This is just what's what? happening." Like, he, he's never playing another game. This is the last <laughs> game. Yeah, needs, right. I don't know if he's registered that yet. He's done. He's done. He's not going to play overseas. Um, there was another one. Speaking of overseas, there was a Lithuanian <laughs> guy who played for Radford. And I took the time to learn Lithuanian so that I could curse at him and not get kicked out of the stadium. Nice. So I would curse. I would curse things like, um, the, like vaguely, like "I fucked your sister." So whatever that was in Lithuanian, I would just yell. Oh, every time he's on the free throw line, I'm yelling it, yelling it, and and I try to particularly yell it when it's not like loud in the gym. So if he's on the free throw line, the student section's going crazy. I wait for him to make the basket, and then it silences, and then I yell. Um, and, uh, every now and then he would look up and just try to see where it's coming from. Like what Homelander is reciting these things to me. <laughs> Who the fuck knows um, Lithuanian in here in Rock Hill, yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> so, 
so that's some good 4D chess. Um, there was a uh, there was a time uh, against App State where Jason Capel was the head coach of the of App State at the time, and my whole family had gone to App State, so I know a lot of like the intricacies about it. There's a club called the Yosef Club, and it's the alumni club, and they um, are essentially if the if the Yosef Club doesn't want you to be the coach, they will make it known, and you will no longer be the coach. And there were are rumblings they that they want what. Are they Jews? The Yosef Club? No, I don't think so. Okay, Yosef just kind of sounds like Hebrew. It's fine. People who are Jewish, it's fine. I was just curious. <laughs> no, Yosef uh, was the name of the mountaineer uh, that App State Mountaineers are, ah. are named after. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I think that's correct. But I started. I know the. I knew from message boards and from my parents who were in the Yosef Club that uh, Jason Capel was on his last leg at the stadium or at the at App State. Um, so I started yelling at him that he's, you know, going to get fired up soon after this game. And the, even the Yosef club agrees. And he looked up and locked eyes at me, at me as if to say like, how do you know about the Yosef club? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's those types of moments that I will always remember because it, anyone can trash talk. Anyone can say like, Oh, you suck. Oh, go blah, 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 blah. But it's the ones that stick with the player long enough for them to like have to break their concentration on the sport to focus on me that is pure love oh yeah uh i I had i'm a little jealous of that draft pick because i had a moment i lucky for this guy i had just turned 18 and uh you're you're like where's he gonna go with this one um but i was (laughs) i was still in high school i had just quit the basketball team and i was at a basketball game heckling a player for the other team. And in high school, this dude was almost seven feet tall. Just he's probably the biggest dude in the state in a high school basketball sure. game. And I kept screaming silence at the free throw line. I kept screaming freak circuses in town to dead silent, like polite upper Midwest people. And my screams are just echoing throughout the stands in the middle of one of this kid's free throws. I've been doing it all night. It's like the third quarter. I'm like, circus, this guy's a three-ring circus. <laughs> in the middle of me screaming, I get tackled, and some dude starts getting on top of me and choking the shit out of me. Oh, shit. Turns out, <laughs> turns out it was the guy's dad getting revenge on me. <laughs> so when he got arrested, thank God for him, I was an adult, technically. Because if I had been yeah. a minor, it, it was only fifth-degree assault on his part. Uh, if I had been a minor, it would have been a way bigger uh, charge. Sure. Dude, that's – so that's the thing. that Like, you'll always remember that moment. And, sure. like, yeah, like, all of our stories have a common link of being fucked up. But they are still a little joyous. Oh, for sure. I, I like yeah. Much like you, that's a prideful moment in my life. Absolutely. I, uh, I love sitting behind like the opposing team's dugout in baseball and just like learning a lot about the opposing team before the game. And yeah. like, I will, I will search for like, if a player has ever had like a domestic abuse issue or something like, oh, I yeah. will go, like, I will find everything I can find about a player and then like hammer it home all game. Every time they come into that dugout, boom, 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 boom. And, uh, I am probably very hated and I, and I love it. But oh, Greg, yeah. uh, do you wanna do you wanna pick your next draft pick? I, I we spent a lot of time on mine, so. Well, I'm just I'm just curious if you can you think of do you know of any examples of like interplayer talk where it's just like oh you suck like where are you gonna go and it's just like oh, I hope you burn it it just goes too far, inter like a mic'd up moment. Um, it, like in in professional sports. Yeah. Or or like so not in my own not in my own life. Yeah, because like, when I when I'm on the field, I remember very vividly when I was like eight years old, and like I, the very first time I ever learned what the concept of trash talk was, I was very bad at it. And like <laughs> I was on the soccer field, and I would try to like deke someone, and like try you know or try to take the ball from them. And it's eight year olds playing, so there's like fifteen of us in one scrum. And I would say things like, "Now you see me, now you don't." Oh, <laughs> zip zang zoom. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so those are my earliest memories on sport competition. It's like if I have time to prep for it, I'm better. But in the moment, I'm very bad at it. Very bad at improv. I mean, that now you see me, now you don't line is pretty good. Sure. Pretty quick on the field. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, I think I said yeah. something about Harry Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a reference for a little kid. Okay. <laughs> My draft pick with the number two pick in the uh, sports anomaly draft, I'm picking a squirrel in the field. Oh, okay. Specifically a squirrel. A cat is just, I'm not digging it. A cat on the field is just too much. It's too much. A bird on the field is like, that's nothing. You're not going to stop a game for a bird on the field because they'll, no. they know how to get out of the way. For some reason, a squirrel we know could get out of the way, but we would stop a game to get a squirrel off of the field. <laughs> sure. It's strange to me. A cat on the field is like, that's, you're done. You're done for like, of course. That's hijinks. That's pure hijinks at that point. Yes. I like a good middle ground squirrel in the field because like yeah. everybody's cheering for the squirrel. Um, if it gets grabbed, you're, you're not going to cheer for the security guard who grabs it or whoever chases it out. No. And like, they're probably uh, going to use some sort of wide set net. That's a, that's cheating. Yes. Like use your hand, catch a squirrel with your hands like a man. Like or a man a woman if, if there's a woman on the field and like, a, a, okay, a streaker is exciting, but like a streaker, a streaker, you're going to cheer for a streaker, but you're also going to cheer for a player who tackles or trips a streaker. Yeah. I like, I like the pure dichotomy of like squirrel versus everybody okay and the chaos exactly um yeah everybody it doesn't matter what team you're rooting for if there's a squirrel in the field everybody is team squirrel oh it comes together yeah absolutely yankees red sox will come together for team squirrel yes i agree so with that and that's I, my I seem to pick. i seem to remember some it, those would always be the ones that show up on sports center as like the sports center number three play it was never the number one. It was never the one that was like, "Guy, you gotta watch this." But it's funny enough to ha- to not bury it in the nines and tens. You put it up top, and then let the slam dunk be number one. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna show up in some like uh, sports bloopers clip show in twenty years with this sound. Like the I don't know how to imitate the sound effect, but it sounds like a bunch of like coconuts in a in a clothes dryer. It's like. Oh yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> no, it's like it's like a. It's like a synthesized raspberry. It's like the, but like synthesized on a, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I gotcha. Yep. That's my pick. I appreciate it. I, I, at first I thought it was going to go along the lines of like just general things on the field, beach balls on the field, squirrels, cats, um, the, the stray possum that makes his way on the field. But I do like the specificity of the squirrel. You're welcome. So, yeah. Um, I, I want to go number two, uh, sticking with a baseball theme. I suppose that's more baseball, right? Squirrel on the field is more, more baseball. I was envisioning um, a baseball field. Yeah. Yeah. Sticking with baseball theme. I want to do the home run ball that I was talking about, but the very specific part about the home run ball is when it gets caught by the opposing fan. So Yankees, Red Sox, in Yankee Stadium, and Red Sox are happen to sit in the left field seats, and home runs hit, and the Red Sox oh, get under, it, and he catches the ball, and he has a moment of excitement because he just caught a home run ball. He just caught a major league home run ball, and this is a very big moment. And then they have this dawn, and it yeah. just no, the Yankees just scored one, two, three runs, and now do I throw it back on the field? That's a little cliche. Do do I keep it? I don't want to keep this. This is a bad home run ball. And they have about 14 emotions in a matter of two seconds. And that person, whoever catches the home run ball is always on TV when they catch that home run ball. And you can see the emotions just sprint through them. It's like the, um, like the, like the Donald Trump meme of him having like 14 emotions back and forth and back and forth talking to the reporters. It's like that happens in real time very quickly. Oh yeah, and, that adrenaline uh, rush knows no team allegiance. Yeah. It's just this wave of chemicals that they can they can't comprehend. Yeah, it's uh the, the the sheer confusion in their face makes me as happy as most things in life do. What's your favorite outcome of that? Ooh, okay, favorite favorite ultimate one only happens once every so often, but it's them going to throw it back and it not making it to the field, like <laughs> yeah. it's still like. It, they're sitting just far enough back that they're like, oh, take it. And it lands like still in the stands. They hit some kid in the second row. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, those are – you You always want to have the envisionment of rookie of the year where he takes the ball and he throws it back to the catcher and it zips in. But half the time it barely makes it to the center fielder and some of the times it doesn't even make it out of the stands. 
And I think those are the best possible outcomes. I love that one. And like throwing it short, like they're trying to throw it towards a, a outfielder and it gets like 80% of the way there. And the outfielder, okay, here's why that's a badass move though. Because the outfielder is the one who's going to have to walk away from their position and go pick it up like a bitch. <laughs> Especially if it's center, like if it's right field or left field, there might be an usher or a ball boy over there who will come out and pick it up. But if it's center field, nobody is there except for the center fielder. So it's like you just cucked the center fielder, even though your throw fucking sucked. Uh, yeah, that's uh. Now to be fair though, in this scenario, you are cucking your own center fielder because you you are the defensive fan. So you're throwing oh, no the ball winning. back and it's your defensive player. You want to make sure like, don't use your legs, Mookie. I'm throwing a right. Uh, Mookie's not on the Red Sox anymore. Uh, Andrew Benatendi. I'm going to throw this right at you. Um, and So that it's a little tenuous right. right there with that situation, but I understand. Um, do you want to give your next one? I don't know. I, I think we originally said five. I don't think we have time to do five. But oh, wow. what, what's your, <laughs> we're, we're what's your next here. one? <laughs> Um, I'm just going to go straight down to people. Uh, mine was, uh, throwing shit on the field as well, but specifically batteries because the only time I can, yeah, I've never seen batteries getting thrown on the field. It was May 5th, I think of 2001 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Chuck Knobloch had just been traded from the Minnesota twins to the New York Yankees. And it was his first game back in Minneapolis after having been traded. Okay. But, are you looking up the exact date? So, uh, yes, and apparently when I just typed in throwing batteries on field, Eagles fans have a weird tradition of throwing batteries on the field. Philadelphia? No. Philadelphia Eagles. A Philadelphia oh, acting like an asshole at a sporting event? Eagles and Phillies fans. Both were the were the Twins playing the Phillies or Twins Yankees. Chuck Knobloch okay. was uh on the Yankees at this point. There are multiple Philadelphia throwing batteries as Santa Claus tries to give gifts. <laughs> Fucking Philadelphia, dude. Fuck wow. They're assaulting Santa with batteries. Wow. Okay. Okay. So this is a much bigger thing than I assumed. Continue on with the story of yours. Well, I'm out. I'm out of the Philadelphia area here. I'm, I'm in Minneapolis. It's supposed to be like Minneapolis, Minnesota, nice it's, kind of place. It's the Philadelphia of the Midwest. It's not supposed to be like it's it brands itself as being <laughs> Minneapolis is the Philadelphia of the Midwest. Fucking put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> the land of 10,000 batteries. OK, so, <laughs> so Chuck Knobloch is in the outfield for the first time on the was it the rival Yankees and um, Minnesota Twins fans just start chucking batteries and shit at him. Why? Because they hated the fact they were so bitter that they had lost their only, their closest thing to a star. And so it's this weird thing that like, when you see a town throwing batteries like that, and this happened in 2001, and then in 2020, George Floyd, that's the place where George Floyd got killed. It's like the timeline of throwing batteries at a baseball player and then <laughs> killing a black man and starting a race war in 20 years later. Like that timeline just kind of seems to make sense. <laughs> I typed in, uh, I very specifically Chuck Knobloch batteries, and I'm not going to read the article, but the article about Chuck Knobloch getting batteries thrown at him is entitled, My Scariest Minnesota Twins Fan Moment, It's Raining Hot Dogs. <laughs> it was Dollar Dog Night as well. So the mini, the Metrodome used to have Dollar Dog Night, and um, they were throwing hot dogs at him as well. Nice. Okay. And now I envision the meme of the girl getting hot dogs thrown at her face, yeah. and Chuck Knobloch's just taking it. Just, oh. <laughs> to be fair Give them to the, dogs. To be fair to the fans, I think it was like ninety percent hot dogs and ten percent batteries. <laughs> still the fact that batteries were in there it's like you can avoid hot dogs you can see them coming if a battery is small enough that might just plunk you or maybe they stuffed the batteries in the hot dogs like a uh, bad person on halloween stuffing a razor in an apple sure i i oh oh i like that nice d-cell inside of a inside of a jumbo dog yeah uh so that's my um, own batteries on the field nice do you want to hear one more or do you want to go on to to joke time i'm right we're going, man. You got okay. anywhere to be? 
I, I've got a couple ones that I'm like, they're they're fine. They're they're things no, no, that no, I don't have anywhere to be that we have to wrap it up. Like we can keep going. I mean, winter basketball. Oh, it's halftime. I don't care. I'm, okay. I'm watching the winter game over my shoulder. Um, no, I don't have anything to do right now. Uh, but I Let's do. do it. Let's. I, I've got one. It's it's very specific to me. I don't know if a lot of other people are going to enjoy it as much. It's. I watch a lot of college sports, and then I'm all, because I'm into college sports. It means I'm also really big into like the draft, and like mm-hmm. yeah, I watch NFL and I watch NBA and I watch MLB. But I really appreciate the draft part of it all. So like the 40th round of the Major League Baseball draft, I'm still watching. I'm still like trying to see if there's a name I know because it's like okay, oh I I actually I saw this guy play at College of Charleston, and now he has a chance to make it. So like I have my own scouting report on him in my mind. Um, it's the recognizing a name from you know months or years previously called late in a professional draft when it's the late rounds of a draft and you recognize a name and because like you have some sort of internal scouting report on them you have this moment of pride it just swells up in you and you're like that's my guy i i that's him they're drafting him because i said so it's like uh, for someone who knows a band before they get famous you can yeah yeah i had two examples in particular uh, Keenan Reynolds was drafted in the sixth round by the Ravens in 2016. And I'm a Ravens fan. So this was a particularly good one for me. When I was a degenerate better, uh, I gambled on everything. I had a game that I was watching until the until dusk. It was like 1 a.m. when this game ended. And it was uh, San Jose State versus Navy. And David Falls scored seven passing touchdowns. And Keenan Reynolds scored seven rushing touchdowns. And it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth all game. and there were very small intricacies in the game that I remembered. So when Keena Reynolds got drafted, I was like, Oh, I know everything about this guy. And, uh, he's, I think he's actually on the Rams right now. He's like a Rams receiver right now. So he's still in the league five years later. Um, the other one is a more of a bust on my side. It's an old Oklahoma state receiver, uh, Marcel Aitman, uh, back when they had James Washington and everyone in, NFL was saying James Washington's the best. Everyone, you got to look at James Washington. He's the best receiver that, that it's in the Big 12. And they had this kid, Marcel Aitman, who's like 6'5, hands of gold. He's catching everything on the sideline, tiptoeing across the sideline. And I thought he was a stud. And I said, screw James Washington. I don't want Washington. I want Aitman. And he got drafted by the Raiders, and his career kind of fell apart after that mm-hmm. because it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so th- that was one when he got drafted. I was like, ah, that's my guy. That is my guy. Um, do you have yeah. similar – I guess since you were a baseball manager, you probably had some similar ones like Winter players got drafted. Yeah. When I was uh, working in the New York Penn League, um, or just before – so I worked with the Winter baseball team in 2010 and 2011, and then I went and worked in the New York Penn League in 2012. My first year, I think, uh, Eddie Rohan, the catcher for the Winthrop sure. Eagles, got drafted by the Mets – and he actually, uh, late round, like 30s round, and uh, he showed up in the New York Penn League the next year while I was working there. And nice. it actually comes up in my book, but I was like so excited to see him. And I'm almost certain he did not know who I was. That was that was painful. Oh, damn it. What? Hold on. Technical difficulty? Sorry. No, Josh Jacobs just announced he's out and he's on my fantasy team. So now I don't have a running back on my fantasy team in the playoffs. This ah, is the type shit. of thing that people watch live feeds for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Boom. Waved at another uh, Instagram person. We've reached, we've had, I think, seven people look at our Instagram at some point today. I'm yeah, telling you, is- if we get both of us on next week, the live feed next Sunday, we will both be on the live feed and you'll be able to hear we need to. We need to market it. We need to get a good commercial out there. Can we, can we write a commercial? Of course. All right. Uh, I'm going to start writing it right now and you just start recording it. Okay. It's recording. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's all I've got. If you can just do that and then edit it in post to make it longer and better. And like a 30 second clip talking about what we can do. If you can put that in post and just make it better. That's our commercial spot. Yep. We're at the 65 minute mark. Get that, pull that juicy audio isolate that juicy audio from john iso audio baby do you have Uh, another draft pick i do i i think i got one more solid one and it's people and then we can do jokes yeah uh okay 
I think it's people getting caught having sex in the stands. Oh, yes. Or any yes. sexual type activities. Like I remember seeing this video of a woman and a guy in like the nosebleeds in some like Blue Jays looking stadium, like uh, a dome stadium. Yeah. And it, what's what I like about this video, like the actual sexual performance looks painful the way she's like, um, is this the she's one that not, she's like facing him? She's like straddling him. You, you're, we're thinking of the same one. <coughs> yes, okay. you're thinking of the right one. She's facing. They're both facing the state, the uh, feet playing field, though. But I, oh. I guarantee, I guarantee you, we're thinking. Oh of the same yes, one. no, I, I do. I've seen this. Yeah, yes, I've enjoyed myself for this. <laughs> but like, she's doing that instead of like bouncing on his dick. She's doing this like weird friction thing that looks crazy uncomfortable. So, sure. but. The thing that I love about that video or any other video like that, there aren't many, but the fact that this was in like the, looks like the late nineties, early two thousands. So nobody has like a video camera in their pocket at this point in time. So this must've been like a stadium camera that picked this up. And not only did they have to pick it up, they had to zoom in on it. They had to stay on it for a minute and 46 seconds. And then they had to somehow find its way on the internet. All of those things happening. (laughs) It's like when we watch a video of somebody getting caught doing something now, it's just like, oh, you know, they just got caught because everybody has a, a professional quality camera in their pocket. This is a different time. So, like, it doesn't make sense that there's this video on the Internet. It's like the guy's job is to be filming down the third baseline. And instead, he's just voyeuring up in the up in the center field bleachers. And like he's he's very specifically not doing his job. Yes. And. So the fact that that can maybe, because I don't think the cameramen are also the ones who do it, do cut the post. I think that is a totally separate job. So that means Gotta that be. video has to go to another human being and that other human being has to be like, yeah, I'm cutting that out. I'm putting that online. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's the part that I hadn't realized, but that's totally true. It would have been somebody other than that. So that means two different people at least. Yeah. Had to make this choice without realizing that, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to videotape this. And someone else is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to save yeah, this. It's, someone else said, oh, it's yeah, not I'm like, this. It's not like they're videotaping the field and it happens to be in the background of the field shot. Like, they're not, like, doing it on the front row behind no. the pitcher's mound. It, they are – he is very specifically not paying attention to the game. And yeah. I imagine these shots probably happen in the seventh and eighth inning, in the, in the early of the fourth quarter when, like, no one's caring about the action on the field. That's yeah. probably when these shots are happening. That's right. When like fan, the, 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 the broadcasters are just looking for filler because they've already told everyone stats all game. Yeah, and this stadium was empty, so the team must have been yeah. bad. I do also like the ones – a lot of stadiums have hotels beside them uh, yes. or, or even hotels like adjoined in them. Like I think the Rangers Park has hotel like in the field. Um, so, did, so did the Blue Jays Park at least recently, yeah. Yeah. So like someone wants to be particularly voyeuristic and they open up their blinds and they do it on the window and it happens from time to time. And, and it's uh, I think there's actually rules up against it now. Like if you're using this hotel room, don't have sex in the window. That's bullshit. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point of getting, what's, what's the point of life, man? I don't even know. Having sex in a baseball stadium. All right. What's your, what's your next draft pick? Uh, oh, okay. I think it's just when pros do a job that should be a hundred percent and they do it terribly wrong. Um, like missing a three foot putt, like missing a free throw, like, um, mm, what an, a missing an extra about, point. Yeah. Missing an, exactly missing an uh, early extra point, a pre four years ago, extra point yeah. when it was like a 13 yard chip shot. Those types of things, like as a fan of the team, you you are you loathe it. But as a fan of the sport, who doesn't doesn't have particular interest in that team, it's the greatest. It's just like you yes. you had one uh, one job that that is literally it, one job, and you failed. And particularly kickers who miss multiple extra points in a game, and it gets in their head. You know, a putter, a, a, a golfer who hits the same lake four times in a row. It's like, it's just, it's in their head and you know, the camera's not leaving them. The camera's stuck on them until they get it right. And yes. those are the enjoyable ones. The camera's stuck on them until they get it right or until they're fucking in the nosebleeds. Until they're fucking in the, yeah. Let's move up to the nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can fit something in a hole up there. 
<laughs> with the golfer one, it's like, um, oh shit, we're getting kicked off of fucking online uh, Zoom. Uh, we're getting kicked off of Instagram. Um, Are we, why? Just, I think I'm running out of time. By the way, that oh. reminds me, I got banned from Tinder this week. You want to hear why? <laughs> yes, I do. Let's, I I'm done with the draft. Let's talk about you getting banned from Tinder. I almost forgot to tell you. I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, I've done a lot of, uh, I've said a lot of inappropriate jokes on Tinder, Bumble, and this kind of stuff. But like, what? I'm, yeah. <laughs> My, no, sorry. Like, I didn't mean to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt for the word, yeah. But like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what degeneracy you must have done. That's what, yeah, that's why it made me laugh. <laughs> but I, what I have on my profile is it used to be either match with me for a custom dad joke. That one was very popular. Now sure. it's match with me and I'll roast you. And like okay. people, they're like, oh, will you, will you roast me? It's like all these like cute 25 year olds. And I have to say, I'm like, are you sure? Like on a scale of one to 10, how bad do you want it? And then mm-hmm. they get to, they get to decide the, uh, you know, difficulty level. And yeah, no. I'll I'll go after them as much as they want. I'll make fun of their clothes. I'll make fun of them, but only yeah. as hard as they want it. Um, I assume that I got banned for that. But then what I realized is that now that I have an OnlyFans, I started linking my OnlyFans in chats, and so oh. <laughs> I've seen other people get banned for linking OnlyFans, and I'm almost 100 percent certain that's what I got banned from. Yeah, for. yeah, you're uh, you're trying to monetize something on the side, so yeah, Tinder, yep. Tinder doesn't want that. Let's be a free platform. Yep. And so now I guess I'm just done with Tinder. (laughs) Well, no more sex for you. Oh, Tinder. I was, I never got laid from Tinder. I think zero times, quite frankly. So I met my wife like the year Tinder came out. So I, to this, to this day, I've never had Tinder downloaded. I've never like, I don't know the platform. I don't know anything. And I feel like, I missed something. I missed a moment in time that I'll, I'll never get back. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. But I just, I missed a moment that could have enjoyed, I could have had a lot of funny moments. Oh yeah. Um, Tinder specifically turned into a, a wasteland, but just that whole world of dating apps, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty fun. It's just like a big yeah. old, it's playground. Uh, sure. So luckily I'm not banned from all of them. Uh, yeah. You want to do Greg, some before jokes? Instagram yeah. runs out, yes, I want to hear. I want to hear a joke out of you. Uh, you want to go back and forth? You go joke, I go joke. You go joke, I go joke. What if we tell? I love that. What if we tell each other's jokes? Oh, I don't have the punchlines written out. <laughs> okay, okay. Then, all right. Who's starting? Uh, I'll start. Okay. Greg, why did no one talk to you when you wore nothing but saran wrap? Why? I mean, they could clearly see your nuts. <laughs> that's good man i fucking love that um oh my god i'm killing it hold on oh my god okay i just flew in from albuquerque and boy are my arms tired from jerking off in the back of an empty plane (laughs) uh i like i like the well i just got lightheaded from that laugh i don't think i've ever gotten lightheaded from a laugh before that was good i had like an altitude change um (laughs) <laughs> I, I very much like that. Uh, hey, Greg, are you familiar with the story of Cinderella? Yes. So there's the the, the pumpkin carriage, and she goes, and she has to ha- she has to do as much as she can in the night to make the night worth it. Because at the end of the night, you know, it's all done, it's all over. So she has one night to make the most of it. So she's got her prince, right? Um, what does she sh- What does she say when she gets to the ball? I'm not sure. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah dude as he glances over as he glances over <laughs> to check the score <laughs> okay this this one it's technically a joke but it, it toes the line between comedy and horror just be forewarned okay. a doomer a karen and a hasidic jew walk into a bar the bartender okay. the bartender would have said what'll it be and the doomer would have responded, I'm too scared to order, mask them. But the bar has been out of business for two months and a homeless encampment has taken over the building, led by none other than the bartender. <laughs> what a journey. What a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, a lot of extreme highs and a few extreme lows, and I like it a lot. <laughs> 
This is the second time you've had a homeless encampment joke in this podcast. Once on the uh, on the site on the, uh, on the stand set, up, did, yeah. and, and now here. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Now, Greg, do you want to hear for my last joke? Do you want to hear one that my dad? told me when I was f- like five years old and it stuck with me? Or do you want to hear a holiday themed joke? Uh, the, the dad stuck with you one for sure. Okay. All right. What's smaller than a teeny weeny flea? What? A flea's teeny weeny. Hell yeah, dude. I love a good, <laughs> I love a good joke like that. You just like, you throw it in your back pocket and you can just drop yeah. it whenever you want. Sure. How many cops does it take to change a light bulb? How many? If it's a fluorescent light, just one. If it's a black light, it takes four cops, two squad cars, a police chopper, and a newly elected sheriff with a taste for tungsten. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that look. That's I do. (laughs) I do want to. We are brought to you today by the Black Lives Matter organization. Um, That's right. And I do want to say that we we truly do appreciate uh, the fact that Black Lives do matter, and uh, Greg is just an asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, if you can't joke about something, then you don't even care about it. I think. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's, that's... This week's episode of Don't Shoot the Gingers is brought to you by our very own Greg Larson's second memoir, Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir. Clubby is a hilarious and illuminating story about a starry-eyed baseball fan who accidentally became part of the minor league system that exploited his heroes. Just search Greg Larson Clubby, that's C-L-U-B-B-I-E, to pre-order on Amazon today. You had a first ad read. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was your closing off. I thought that was your closing off the site. So you're saying goodbye, Greg? I think so. All right, well... uh... I guess I should say uh, my name is John Giles and uh, that's my name it. is Darren Fox. Da- Darren Fox. Darren and Fox. you're listening. My, my name is Darren Fox. Greg, hold on. Get it right. My name is Darren Fox. And you're listening to Don't Shoot the Gingers.